So what I want to do is make a film all about product placement, marketing, and advertising, where the entire film is funded by product placement, marketing, and advertising. Welcome back to Public Address Radio on Radio Live. American documentary maker Morgan Spurlock experiences things so we don't have to. In Supersize Me, he ate McDonald's for a month and documented the health effects. And now, in his most recent film, POM Presents, The Greatest Story Ever Sold, he is selling his soul to product placement. It's a relatively simple premise, a documentary about product placement paid for by product placement. The film was playing as part of this year's film festival, and Tom Watts caught up with him in his embroidered suit covered in brands earlier in the week. Um, well, welcome, Morgan. Thank you for coming along. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Um, so in your previous films, you've worked in, in coal mines, you've filmed in war zones, you've quite iconically eaten quite a lot of McDonald's. Yes. Um, doing a film about product placement, I don't know, seems to be relatively healthy for you. I mean, how did the... How did the idea actually come about? Yeah, well, I think that uh, the idea is that it's healthy for you. We don't realize exactly how dangerous it is until you start getting into those rooms with the advertisers and with the brands. Uh, you know, the whole idea of the film came from seeing so much bad product placement, seeing so much bad advertising, and mostly uh, in you know films and television that I love. Like I saw an episode of Heroes where. Uh, you know, Hayden Panettiere, the cheerleader, and I loved season one of the show. It was so fantastic. Mm. And in the first episode of season two, she's moved to a new town. She's sad. She's unhappy. It's not what she thought. You know, she doesn't have any friends. And so she says to her dad, she goes, God, that was going to be different when we moved here, Dad. That was going to be, like, really special, and it's not. And, and my birthday's coming up, and what are we going to do? And her dad's like, oh, honey, your, your mom and I, we're, we're really proud of you. And I was going to save this, but... Here you go. And he reaches in his pocket, and as he does, it cuts to the front of the car, and dollies past the Nissan logo, cuts to him holding the keys in front of her face, rack focus to her face as she goes, the Rogue? The Nissan Rogue? You're giving me the Rogue? Oh my gosh, Dad, the Rogue! And at that point, I was so livid. Like, I went from, like, shock to just being angry at uh, the fact that this show that I proselytized about, you know, that I told everybody to watch, had now kind of jumped the shark so soon in its kind of, in its (laughs) television career. Uh, and the next day I went to work and my producing partner, Jeremy, was just equally as offended as I was. And we talked about uh, all the bad product placement we've seen in movies and said, why don't we pull the curtain back? Why don't we talk about this whole process, the machinations behind it, why it works the way it does, why it makes us buy the things we want to buy and actually get brands to pay for it. That was kind of, So it actually stemmed from that TV show. So so thank you, NBC, for that uh, that inspiration. That's right. And you still uh, mentioned the Nissan Rogue as well. Which That's is right. A, a then, and you're welcome, Nissan Rogue. Mm, well, yeah. I mean, because this kind of it, life... It is a terrible thing. vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> the life-reflecting art kind of aspect of the whole thing is kind of fascinating because, I mean, nobody can see this, but you still are actually wearing the suit yes. that has all of the brand names on there. Um, how many we've got? What, we've what, got 22, 22, 22 brands. brands. In total. We had fifteen brands going into Sundance when the movie premiered, mm-hmm. and then we signed on seven more companies after the fact. Right. Okay. Before so before the film opened in theaters, so they saw the movie and went, "Wow, we actually want to be a part of this now." And some of them never saw the film. Some of them just saw the press and said, "We want to be a part of this." And we were like, "Great, you're in. Did Here's they, how much it costs." Did they pay you extra? <laughs> Well, nothing on there at the start. Oh, absolutely! Like you have to pay a premium if you're not there from the hmm. beginning. And so all the brands that came on after the fact, you know, definitely got a bump in their sponsorship fees. All right, fantastic. Yeah. Um, now the film is effectively a behind the scenes of how you know product placement works in movies. Yeah. So you're filming a film within the film. So how much control over the story did you actually have? I mean, did it turn out the way you? Planned? Yeah, well, it, you, documentaries never turn out the way you plan. That's what makes them great documentaries. You know, that's why you, that's why I love this genre and this format because basically you spin the top and you have no idea which direction it's going to go. You know, that's the way a good doc, you know, should really should really play out. Um, I got some advice way back when I was making Super Size Me from a filmmaker friend of mine who said if the movie you envision 
uh, in the beginning is the same movie you end up with at the end, then you didn't listen to anyone along the way. So I think that uh, I love the organic process of these films. And it turned out it turned out very much in the way that I'd hoped, not in the way that I, I think you know we'd planned, in that I think the film is smart. I think it's really fun and funny, um, really engaging and entertaining. And at the same time, kind of shows the manipulation that happens once you get involved with a brand. Because you see them manipulate the content. You see the influence mm. they have over the movie. And it works for this film completely. You know, and as I tell people, once you get involved with a brand, it's not a 20% chance or a 30% chance or a 50% chance. It's a 100% chance they are going to in some way influence and infect the content. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you got uh, $1 million from um, from POM. The, Almost. The, not yet. We haven't gotten yet. all the money yet. All oh, right. Well, you're meant to be... But you had to get the 600 million clicks and those kind of things. How, yeah. how close are you? Well, we've gotten – because here – so Palm paid a million dollars for the Above the Title sponsorship. Sure. So the actual title of the film is Palm yeah. Wonderful Presents, oh, the greatest movie I, ever I sold. Got give, when I got given a screener of the movie, there was – you know, it was just in, in some kind of little piece of stationery. So yeah. not, not official press, but it still said Palm Wonderful. I didn't even think it had the rest of the title <laughs> on it. It was, it was really bizarre. Which, which that's the thing is I get tweeted and I get sent emails saying, hey, I saw Palm Wonderful last night and it was great. So people are even like calling the film that. It's It's nuts. Um, but, uh, yeah, so when, when they signed on, they, the, the above the title sponsorship was a million dollars and there were all these benchmarks. So of the million, they gave us $500 up front to, to help pay for the film, 600 or another hundred thousand dollars to pay for the commercial that's in the film. Cause this is the first time ever that we've made a feature film that actually has 30 second spots mm. within the film. Um, and which, then are, other... which are very good pieces of advertising. Some oh, of the best that's... advertising I've seen for Pom. Oh, right on. Yeah. You should work in advertising. I should. I guess well, you kind of are. Yeah, I kind of am with this movie, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. So the uh, the other four hundred thousand dollars is based on benchmarks. Certain mm -hmm. things we have to have to reach. Uh, like, and the top line of this is you know six hundred million media impressions, two hundred fifty screens worldwide, five hundred thousand downloads in DVDs, and ten million dollars the box office. So to date, we've achieved. Um, all of the media impressions, which is amazing. Um, we have uh, achieved, I think, almost all of the screen counts. Or once, once, it, once the film goes internationally, that'll be done. 250 screens worldwide. Then the next is the download DVDs in the box office. $10 million worldwide in the box office. It will be a tough one, but it's still possible. Mm, cool. Yeah. Now, um, you've done quite a lot of press for this. As you said, you got to the, the 600 million clicks. Yeah. Um, do interviewers feel a little bit uncomfortable about, um, you know, mentioning all the brands involved? I mean, I certainly feel a little bit dirty talking about advertisement. Like, in, in, but how in could you feel dirty that? talking about the greatest brands that you know have ever sponsored a movie? How could you? But but they're not. <laughs> they're not necessarily the the greatest brands because you've been paid to say those things. No, I actually do believe, and I do believe that <laughs> because they paid me. But I do believe they are the greatest. <laughs> But do, do, have you found that other interviewers feel uncomfortable about talking about them? Some people, some people have said um, that movie, this you know, blank sponsor presents the greatest movie ever sold. Like they won't actually say Palm Wonderful, or they won't talk about JetBlue or Mini Cooper or whomever. Um, and I have no problem talking about Hyatt or you know Trident Gum or Merrell's or so that's Career six, Sunglasses. Seven. Yeah, good, <laughs> nice, good work. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's some people that have felt like, well, I don't want to help you give them promotion. And I'm like, well, you're already helping me give them promotion by doing this interview. Well, and, and, and that's what's you know, the, the big kind of thing that screws with your head about doing interviews surrounding this when you're trying yeah. to kind of, I don't know, represent the little man. Yeah, well, yeah. There's, well, there's so many layers to this film. And hopefully, and this is what I've said to a lot of people, I said, hopefully none of the irony mm. is lost in that mm. fact. 
is that within this film is a tremendous sense of irony and a mm. very, very uh, deep, deep rooted cynicism about mm. this business, which, uh, you know, a lot of people do get. And mm. I think the majority of people who see the film do get, which is great. Definitely. Um, in terms of the, the um, I don't know, the high profile cynicism, you've got uh, Ralph Nader in there. Yeah. Um, who's, you know, a very high profile consumer advocate. Yes. But you get him to basically perform in an infomercial with you. <laughs> um, I don't know how... Was he okay with, with that role in the film? Well, he didn't. Like, when I first show him the shoe the first time when he and I were talking about it, he didn't. He thought we'd already cut. He didn't realize we were still shooting when we were shooting over his shoulder. So when he saw the film for the first time, he was just like, I can't believe that. He goes, I can't believe – I didn't know you were still shooting that. I can't believe that's in the movie. Um, but he's a, he's a tremendous sport. Like, he, he, has, he has a great sense of humor, Ralph Nader, which a lot of people don't realize. And oh, I sure, think, absolutely. And I think so much of that personality really comes out in the movie – and he's been great about it. Like he's been a real champion of the film in the states. He's been, you know, really talking it up and make sure people see it. Uh, you know, kind of talking about the impact of advertising and marketing in schools, which sure. is one of the scariest parts of the Absolutely. movie. Absolutely, that's what I was going to get onto now, yeah. actually, because um, there are a lot of moral issues surrounding product placement. Because yeah. there's a section where you actually go and effectively buy advertising at a local school, and I found yes. that really kind of disturbing. I mean, how how have your perceptions on on the morality of the whole thing changed from start to finish? Well, I mean, I think that. Uh, you know, still advertising in school districts is awful. I think it's a terrible, terrible thing. And that's where we are in America right now is schools are getting their budgets cut. They're having money taken away. So to make up whatever budget caps they can, they're selling advertising, selling marketing in schools. You know, there's posters, there's, you know, billboards going up outside. There's murals being painted, as you see one be done in the movie. Um, there's school districts in like Minnesota, uh, you know, in the States where they've sold the space on lockers in hallways. So if you walk down the hallway, it's like you're walking down a race, like a racetrack where literally it's like giant billboards lining the hallways you're going to class. And I'm like, well, that's just, it's fucking crazy. You know, it's like, is that really where you want your kid to go to school? And then this girl, you know, there's a girl in the movie who says, she goes, listen, I think we have enough advertising out in the world. I don't want to go to Red Bull High. And I'm like, well, it won't be long till that's where your kids are going to go. Speaking of, of your own kind of journey, have you, uh, lost? to your soul? Does it still exist? Uh, no, it just has a very large price tag on it now. <laughs> so you've worked out how to sell your soul. That's, That's right, good. Exactly. Um, no, I think the I think I was able to maintain my soul and I was made, you know, able to maintain uh, my integrity with the film simply because of, of one, what the nature of the film was and how we constructed it. You know, what the, the, the construct of the film, I think, plays to, plays to my favor and also in the fact that we didn't give up creative control of the film. Like, no brand got final cut of the movie. No brand got final approval of the movie. No brand got to approve the final placement of their product in the movie, which was also, I think, uh, a real coup for us. Mm. And in terms of where um, product placement is uh, now, people are getting more and more aware of product placement. Like, you know, every, everybody knows that it, it exists. So where, where can it go? I mean, is... Well, here's here, this is a great question, and this is what I talk to people about, and, and it all deals with convergence. You know, there's, uh, there is this scene in the film where we talk about neuromarketing, where basically they're putting people in MRIs now and they're testing commercials so that what they can do is they can get the overwhelming majority of the people to respond to a commercial favorably. So you will, you know, you'll, like so 75 to 80 percent of the population will feel the same thing when they see a certain ad. Um, now you combine that with where, you know, product placement is or where um, all these algorithms for shopping are starting to go. Like Amazon, I love and hate Amazon. I love Amazon because I can buy anything on there. But Amazon knows after all the years of me shopping that at 9 p.m. on Thursday night between, you know, this and this a time, if I log on, there's an 84 percent chance that I will buy the latest release of a DVD by blank. So I log on. It's like the new Lord of the Rings trilogy now with extra special commentary by Fran and, 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 and everybody else. And I'm like, oh, God. 
I hate you. Buy. And I buy it. So now you combine this type of shopping algorithm with what's happening now on television is they're doing product placement on television. Like you and I are sitting here at a table and they'll go in and post and put a product on the table that wasn't on the table to begin with. When you start watching this at home, what you see now placed on the table is not going to be the same thing I see placed on the table at my house. So now you'll see a Pepsi, I'll see a Coke, and I'll have the ability to buy the newest flavor or I'll be able to buy the newest whatever that someone else can buy through this this combination with, with an Amazon. Because it's not going to be the sponsors that then will have the upper hand. It's going to be the people who know your buying habits that will ultimately be getting you know the best revenue and the best you know kind of sense of, of selling products to a consumer. And that's when it's going to get very scary because... Because then it is literally, they're going to sell directly to you in your house while you watch. Very different than how they sell to me. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And um, just because we're kind of getting uh, towards the end, mm -hmm. um, and because you know so much about product placement, are you going to start sneaking it in very covertly into your next film? Um, yeah, possibly. You know, in the middle of uh, you know Comic Con episode four, you Hyatt, you may see me. You know, fly JetBlue. You know, you know, you never know what's going to happen when Merrill's. You know, I'm just you know talking about something in the middle of a film. It could be Mini Cooper. I don't know what would happen in there when you're talking about certain things with superheroes or Carrera sunglasses, or you know, it could be something in the film. I don't know what's going to happen in that film, but uh, coming soon to theater near you. I don't know, but it's going to be something you should see. Brilliant. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> and if you'd like to help Morgan Spurlock make more money, head to nzff.co.nz for screening details. Coming up after the break, good news in the fight against obesity and Tono and the Finance Company.